Welcome to the Movie Planet Season 4, Episode 26, our finale for the year. This week we're talking about 2003's The Matrix Revolutions. With Joe. You and I may not be able to see beyond our own choices, but that man can't see past any choice. And Sam. Maybe you knew I was going to do that. Maybe you didn't. If you did, that means you baked those cookies and set that plate right there deliberately, purposefully. Which means that you're sitting there also deliberately, purposefully. Welcome to the Movie Planet. (laughs) Joining me is the it's all to my bullshit, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, you're wearing a a wrap today. Yes. Yes, I am. What what happened to you, son? Uh, (laughs) I may or may not have uh, broken myself, particularly in the rib area. Doing? uh, Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, for Neo? Yes. You were- I'm, I'm auditioning- in five years for the the reboot <laughs> after the failure the reboot reboot four. reboot yeah <laughs> uh, it'll probably kill in money box office but i'll do my best not to make you laugh because i know it hurts it's a, my waistline has never looked better well you're wearing quite the harness this week, Sam is nominated the Matrix Trilogy, continuing with 2003's The Matrix Revolutions for the Science Fiction Pantheon. On the show, we'll be keeping track of all the movies worth your time in our movie plant preserve, and the Science Fiction Preserve has only one Matrix movie in it, the first one. I'm convinced that the Matrix movies are the exact opposite of the Evil Dead franchise we did, which was got better and better. These ones got worse and worse. And worse, and worse. <laughs> So number one in the science fiction is The Matrix with a perfect score, followed by Jurassic Park with an A minus, Back to the Future with an A minus, Jurassic World with a B plus, Back to the Future Part Three with a B minus, Back to the Future Part Two with a C, and The Lost World, Jurassic Park with a C. And I'm sorry to say, it may still be in there. (laughs) San Francisco lives another day. So the higher the grade we give it, the longer it may be staying there. Only a film with a higher grade can kick it down to the pantheon of the future. So we will discuss it, analyze it, grade it, and see if it lands amongst the greats. But this week, we are talking about 2003's The Matrix Revolutions, a movie made for an estimated $150 million that brought in $427.3 million worldwide. Written and directed by the Wachowskis, Dudes Len, Dudes Then, Ladies Now, music by Don Davis. Lady. Oh, it was only, no. Number four? Oh, yeah, in Matrix 4, it's yeah, just one lady. It's just one. Yeah. But the Wachowskis, they are both now ladies. They both transitioned. I'm sorry, what? You didn't know that? What? Okay, okay just so, for, just for clarity purposes, yes. the Wachowski brothers are now the Wachowski sisters. Yes. And this sis, okay, so the sister who is directing, uh, the fourth one is one of the transitioned Wachowskis. Yes, they were. I thought this was just like a chick who was a producer, like family member no, that was like, no, it's the same biological people. I'm doing it guys. I'm doing the best thing I can here with the woke stuff. Okay. The best. Okay. So, Medically gendered, originally medically yes, gendered. they were brothers. I didn't, I then thought they, it was a sister. No, then they transitioned to sisters. 
huh. Does this change your outlook on Matrix 4, knowing that one of them is on it, not the other? Yeah, one? yeah, it does. Okay. Because I thought I thought the Wachowski brothers had just, a sister. just said, f*** this, I'm not doing this. And the sister, who was a producer on the other ones, <laughs> because she's listed as a producer on the other ones, yes. was like, I'm going to do this. Uh, Wild. Lana Wachowski, okay, wow. formerly known as Larry, and Lily Wachowski, formerly known as Andy. The things you learn. I tell you. The more you know. <laughs> Why? Okay. You know what? I, you know, that, that makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, it gives you some hope for Matrix 4, right? Yeah. The trailer didn't give me any, but this does. <laughs> guess, we'll, guess we'll see in a we'll week see or what so. Happens. <laughs> uh, okay. So starring Keanu Reeves as Neo, Lawrence Fishburne as Morpheus, Carrie Ann Moss as Trinity, Hugh Weagle, Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith, Ian Bliss as Bane. Hello, Batman. Jada Pinkett Smith as Niobe. Mary Alice as the Oracle. Not Gloria Foster. Uh, Harold Perrineau as Link. Monica, oh, Bellucci as Persephone. <laughs> Harry Lennox as Commander Locke. Lambert Wilson as the Merovingian. Nona Gay as Z. Anthony Zerbe as Counselor Heyman. Helmet Bakaitis as the Architect. Nathaniel Lees as Captain Mifun. Tavir K. Awal as Sati. Bernard White as Ramchandra. Bruce Spence, the, the Gyro Captain... From Mad Max 2 as the train man. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you know what? I always thought it would have been such a cool idea to have the bald bastard that just runs around just being all whiny and whatnot. I wish he was the spoon man. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. It, I mean, if he'd grown up, then that was who he was now. Yeah, he had been so damaged by all the spoon bending <laughs> that he's, he bent his own mind. <laughs> I just wanted to play the sound clip, honestly. I didn't want you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam, do you remember seeing this for the first time? What did you think? Oh, man. The uh, 50% of the reason, I think, for most people uh, to see Reloaded was just to see the trailer for Revolutions post-credits. True that. Um, I, has another movie done that? I think the only one I can think of that did it post-credits was at the end of Captain America, the first Avenger, the post-credit was a trailer for the Avengers movie. That's right. Yes. Okay. So, well, back then, I mean, shit, as soon as you heard, like, oh, the trailer's going to be in the second, I was like, what? We have to go see this now. And it looked awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God, that trailer. (laughs) It was sick. Dude, that gets you pumped. Yeah. I don't remember who I saw this with. Uh, I know that my anticipation level was high because of the trailer. Oh, extremely. Which I believe was like four months earlier, six months earlier. Yes. So they were six months apart, right? Yeah, just six months apart. Yeah. And that was the first time you saw like the mechs. And I remember seeing it. I remember enjoying it. And at the time, I liked all the CGI and didn't really care for the story at all because I was 20, 21 years old. And then, yay, computer graphics. Looks cool. Kung Fu and EDM. It's hard to believe that a month later, the return of the king comes out. And we get a conclusionary story that actually worked. <laughs> Damn, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, now I have a clip for a movie. Here it is. I am sorry she is still very curious. I know you. Yes, in the restaurant of the Frenchman. I am Ramakandra. This is my wife, Kamala, my daughter, Sati. We are most honored to meet you. Your programs. Oh, yes. 
I am the power plant systems manager for recycling operations. My wife is an interactive software programmer. She is highly creative. What are you doing here? You do not belong here. Kamala, goodness, I apologize. My wife can be very direct. It's okay. I don't have an answer. I don't even know where here is. This place is nowhere. It is between your world and our world. Who's the train man? He works for the Frenchman. Why did I know you were going to say that? The Frenchman does not forget, and he does not forgive. You know him? I know only what I need to know. I know that if you want to take something from our world into your world that does not belong there, you must go to the Frenchman. Is that what you're doing here? Rama, please. I do not want to be cruel, Kamala. He may never see another face for the rest of his life. I'm sorry. You don't have to answer that question. No, I, I don't mind. The answer is simple. I love my daughter very much. I find her to be the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. But where we are from, that is not enough. Every program that is created must have a purpose. If it does not, it is deleted. I went to the Frenchman to save my daughter. You do not understand. I just have never heard a program speak of love. It is a human emotion. No, it is a word. What matters is the connection the word implies. I see that you are in love. Can you tell me what you would give to hold on to that connection? Anything. Then perhaps the reason you are here is not so different than the reason I am here. We get to the opening to the Matrix with the regular lines of green code which explodes into yellow code. What? New color. Then it goes to green again and we're back in our safe space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was very fast. It was very fast. Brief opening compared and I to saw the others. That, that tainted yellow green. I'm like, no, hold on. Let's get back to the pureness. <laughs> and you get goosebumps, <laughs> chills, ready to go. We get Bane Bane Smith. I'm gonna call him, I don't know, Biff. Bane Smith, Biff. Biff, Biff, and Neo are both in a non-conscious state. The former is said to be merely asleep, whereas neural patterns of Neo are identical to those of people who are connected to the Matrix. Morpheus starts a search for Neo with the Matrix, despite him not being jacked in. Just as they start to leave, Seraph shows up and insists they meet with the Oracle, like now. So we get a time frame for this movie. It's 20 hours. 20 hours before Zion gets nailed by the Sentinels. Yes. Did the intro seem faster? Yes, it did. But God damn it, we got to get into this thing right now. Yeah, it ended. The, the re reloaded, as um, those you remember, is when the Sentinels were chasing and Neo just tapped into something and <laughs> yes. stopped the Sentinels in the mm -hmm. real world with his mind going into a coma. That was the cliffhanger. Yes. You had to wait six months to find out what, what happened? and how. <laughs> Yeah, they wasted no time. I was happy about that because if they had elongated this to the way they did the, re the uh, Reloaded, I'd been like, dude, we just are coming off of this movie. We don't need your fun little IBM icons right now. Let's get to it. Um, but I have a question, Sam. So how can someone appear to be plugged into the Matrix without physically being plugged into the Matrix as they alluded to being a rule earlier? Strong Wi-Fi, dude. So has Neo developed Wi-Fi capabilities? 
Yep. Does that mean then they're in, they're an optical fiber tube? When he happens, yeah. So he's already he's jacked in. He's jacked in. He's always jacked in. He's got himself a Bluetooth going on. Exactly. That being said, why did the machines make this capable to tap into with Wi-Fi? You know, as, as a programmer, <laughs> even the most efficient programs have bugs. <laughs> no, this makes no sense. Isn't this there is also, blocking? This is also like Seraph plugging himself into the Matrix in the first movie. Right, right. <laughs> just, where's he coming it's from? It's like, <laughs> okay, I guess we're just going to roll with this. A little girl. He wrote a program to do it himself. Well, it still doesn't, you know, negate the physics of, you know, actually plugging yourself in. <laughs> uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. <laughs> Nothing to see here. A little oh, girl. Smoking mirrors. Smoking mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. <laughs> <laughs> A little girl named Sati approaches Neo and tells him that he's at the train station. She warns him that he cannot leave with her and her family because the train man won't let him. Then we cut to Seraph. Seraph contacts Morpheus on behalf of the Oracle, who now resides in a different shell. The Oracle informs Morpheus and Trinity of Neo being trapped in Mobile Avenue, which is an anagram for limbo. Huh? I wish it was called Electric Avenue. Oh. That would be amazing. I know. If it was playing in the background, like over the speakers. In some like smooth jazz fashion, like just pure elevator music. Dance it and they're just tapping his foot. <laughs> so anyway, this is a place where in the between the Matrix and the Source, which is the mainframe, where the train man resides. He smuggles programs from the Matrix to the real world. She instructs Seraph to protect Morpheus and Trinity. Okay. Pause. Go for it. How does a program <laughs> find a physical being to live in? Well, no. No, I they're not in the real world. The, the limbo is not in the real world. That's it's between right. the, the real world and the matrix. <laughs> what? <laughs> we are five minutes not, in. does not compute. <laughs> What? Uh, I will say this. This is the first time we see the new Oracle, uh, Mary yes. Alice. And though, uh, and, you know, she passed away. Yes. They had to replace her. I think how they they did that transition was very smart. I, I did too. That, I thought they played that very well yeah. in the unfortunate passing of um, the original actress. Yeah, I like the way they explained it. Uh, but at the same time, I have a question, which is... If her and the architect are the mother and father of the Matrix, why does she need to fucking hide? Because <laughs> you can't stop a, a worm that's taking over the entire computer. Fair enough. And it will kill the hierarchy and the the gods of the OS. I trust your logic. Yeah. If, if it's a strong enough worm, you, you can't stop it. Yes. Uh, this is also when Morpheus confronts the Oracle. <laughs> but also coming up in the future. Yes. It's very Dr. St well, you know, horse before the carriage, but a very Dr. Strangey. You have one in a billion. This is. Yes. 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 You'll yes. know it. <laughs> that really echoed too. Yeah. Uh, this is also when Morpheus confronts the Oracle and she explains that basically everything she says is bullshit because it's up to them to quote, make up their own damn mind. Why are, Why you, are here? you here then? <laughs> Why are you the Oracle then? Which leads to my 
It's my to my bullshit, Sam. (laughs) Uh, At the station, Neo meets a family of programs. The little girl called Sati talks to Neo, saying that her father has told her Neo isn't supposed to be in the station. Father tells Neo that Mobile Avenue is controlled by a program called the Trainman, who in turn is an exile loyal only to the Merovingian. I do like how the family explains their functions. I think that's pretty cool how Mm -hmm. they have the different personalities and they are who they are. Like, I think the wife was a security thing for a hospital, but she's also very strict and like, don't say anything. Exactly. Yeah. But I also feel it's a little weird that they're like, and talking to their child, like Sati has no purpose. Poor kid. Okay, nobody does. Jeez. But then we find at the end, guess what? She does. She does. <laughs> it's all bullshit, man. All bullshit. Yeah, but at the same time, this Nothing's is, real. The cool thing they did in the first two movies, which was humanizing all these programs, almost takes a giant leap here because it's almost as though the humanization is now like, it's become, let's see how cute we can be with it, with the writing. Yeah. Um. Okay, so here's here's where I had to scratch my head first. <laughs> like you had yours at the beginning. This is this is my part right here. The couple are trying to smuggle the little girl to the matrix because she'll be deleted since she doesn't have a function. How do programs have children? That's the first question. Two, how do programs love? Three, oh no, I'm sorry. Neo is right. It's a human emotion. It is a human emotion. Saying it's just a word with a connection takes Trinity's love for Neo in the first movie and totally destroys it. It's okay. There's no purpose. There's no reason for life. There's, this, is, this is just where the Matrix is gone. It's gone from... What is the reason without choice? The one humanity, freedom, oppression from technology to... Nothing matters. Nothing really matters. Not in the universe, it's going to die. We're going to die. And that's it. Nothing, Nothing really, really matters, matters to, to me. me. <laughs> um, I yeah. think it's just the, uh, well, see, that's the problem. It's like the. Sam, they had a the good art, movie at the beginning. They, they had, had a good first God movie. Damn, they had like the greatest <laughs> sci-fi movie of all time. Uh, then begs the question. Uh, I get the, so I guess. The original program yeah. was the machines building the architect. They programmed. They created the architect. The architect to be the god of the matrix. Okay. So that being said, this goes into the animatrix. One would reason is just because of the sentinels in the hive mind of the machines on the surface in the real world. Okay. They are taking their knowledge from artificial intelligence and the human mind and human emotions and all the data, putting it into a single program to create the world much like God. Because the whole purpose of the matrix is to keep people preoccupied so they can be human batteries. Right. It's the grand illusion. Yes. So. You talked yourself into Mobile Avenue, Electric Avenue. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it just oh goes so far. Here's the thing: you've probably given more thought to that moment right there than these guys did on the script when they were making this. Yeah, they pumped that bad boy out. Uh, it, yeah. So it's like, oh, it's it's tough because, it, yeah. How does a pro? I mean, how does a program have a kid? How does a program feel love? How does, because the architect is, I think, the best example because he doesn't feel love. He doesn't have any emotion. No. He is just a, a program. 
Like, and, and when you meet him, there is no emotion there at all. No, he's just like, this is it. We've yeah. done this a million times. We'll do this over again. We'll, we'll, do- we'll keep doing it <laughs> over and over and over. Fuck you. I'll <laughs> fuck you up. <laughs> Dude, have you ever watched the bat behind the scenes? Oh, yeah. Of, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. You want a great laugh? YouTube behind the scenes Matrix Reloaded with Neo, quote unquote, improvising, <laughs> as they say, in the industry. Right. The industry? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh. Just him screaming just like makes my sides hurt already. Seraph, Morpheus, and Trinity pursue the train man to secure Neo's release, but he escapes. Okay. The chase scene here is a little poorly edited <laughs> because he ain't running that fast, and it seems like he's always 30 feet ahead of him. I mean, them long ass legs. You got to give it to Bruce Spence for trying his best to, you know, outrun people 30 years younger than him. Uh, But he also, there's a scene where he fires one shot, then it cuts to the trio and they see three shots hit the columns, but we don't hear the other two shots. Then it goes back to the train man and we see him shoot the two shots from the gun. This is poor editing. (laughs) This is called, we have to get this movie out by December quick. Just put it together. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> we'll be like, doing I don't this wanna, the whole I don't, time. Yeah, I don't want to blame the studio, but damn. Yeah. Uh. Damn. <laughs> when Neo tries to board the train with the family, the train man refuses and knocks him away from the train, telling Neo he makes the rules down here. What do you tell me something? What do you like the train man? The idea of the train man? I like the idea I of the like, train man. He's the river. He's the boatman. Yes. He he takes people. Across the river, and yeah. that's that's his role. Like that's his that's his job. I, I like the fact that he is a line from the real world, or no, the, from from the source to the Matrix. I like that that it's not a, a way to the real world. Yeah, why he looks like a homeless man. <laughs> nobody, I don't think you could give me a good reason for that. I feel like I, I don't have anybody one. in the hierarchy hierarchy of the programs in the Matrix. Yes. Wouldn't look like a hobo. The train man, man built the station. He built this place, as he says it. Yeah. Yeah. So to get this straight, the to ma- me, why? Yeah. The, like, the Matrix is where all programs interact with the copper-topped humans. Yeah. Okay. Inside the Matrix are programs that serve functions to keep up the illusion for the trapped humans. Yes. When a program goes rogue and doesn't do what it's supposed to do, it can be deleted or exiled. What's worse? Well, it doesn't matter which one is worth. Just that, that's like the rule they have, right? That's what the Oracle said in the second movie. If a program isn't doing his function, he's either set up for deletion or exiled. Yeah, that's how we get vampires and werewolves. Right. The Matrix will not function if a human reaches the source. Mm-hmm. So why does the Matrix allow a program Ram. to create a bridge to the source? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if it's... I'm wondering if the architect knew about it or the, uh, or the Oracle or the Oracle or he, if he was because programs can write programs. Let's be clear here. The Merovingian's really the one in charge. Well, that's the thing. That's what I'm trying to get at. I was like, what if, because the, the, uh, the Frenchman, he wrote the, the orgasm cake oh. program. Excellent. Oh, it's Excellent so scene. good. Excellent scene. Um, so, why couldn't he program the train man to build his own personal prison? 
Right. But then why is Saudi or whatever the f- her name is, her family in limbo? Because he, okay, because in Reloaded, you pointed this out to me, we see the, yeah, dad, the dad talking to the Merovingian, so he's found a way to get his his daughter, who is, has no purpose as a program, who may be deleted or exiled, out of the Matrix and into the Source. This is this is this is like this is like uh, this is like like me as somebody who is pretty solidly an atheist, and then arriving at the pearly gates and going, "Oh shit, it's real!" And God goes, "Yeah, what's your problem?" He's like, "Dude, you did this to me. I've just showed up. Like, why why did you make me an atheist, you dick?" It's like, why did you create me as a, a useless program? I, like, if it's an outdated program, yes. Why is she five years old? Thank you. That would it would make more sense if it was a grandmother. Yeah, great. You want your mom out of limbo? I believe that. But a seven year old, five year old girl, yeah, who's useless. Like, okay, well, who made her? <laughs> you, the program. You two. Did. You, okay, so if your child's a useless program, you know what that means. Your two parents are useless programs. Well, also, I thought that when when I was watching this, like, wouldn't it be better if you took what her purpose was, you took what his purpose was, and then the child's purpose was like something that merged both of those purposes yeah, like together? A combo. Yeah. But no, let's not do that. The trio forced their way into a large dance. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I skipped this part. <clears throat> their only option now is to go to a place called Club Hell. Uh, and confront the Merovingian for Neo's freedom. The three fight their way from the club's parking garage to the coat check station. They engage some of the Merovingian's guards who are able to walk on ceilings and walls and kill them all, gaining access to the elevator. I just want to throw in one thing. Go for it. Has there ever been a more perfect representation of a nipple crank? No, there is not. That's all. That Okay. This sets the mood for any Ramstein concert. <laughs> Do hosh me. Uh, I want to party at this place. <laughs> first of all, this is clearly a redo of the lobby scene in the first movie. Oh, very much so. Yeah. We, st- we still get the scorpion kick. Trinity's still a badass. Oh, which has never stopped. And uh, But I, my question is, why not just go to the French restaurant again? Uh, because the Frenchman is pissed off at them and, you know, he likes to get down. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, this leather. Is, this club is a freak fest. Bondage. This club is a freak fest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The trio forced their way into a large dance hall, brandishing two guns each. The Merovingian, in a display of scornful admiration, tells them to hand over their guns and he'll meet them directly. The Merovingian demands the eyes of the Oracle in exchange for Neo's release. The eyes. Trinity, however, loses her patience and provokes a Mexican standoff in which she, Morpheus, Seraph, and the Merovingian each have a gun to their heads, forcing the Merovingian to release Neo and Trinity to say the best line of the entire movie. Gosh, she's so sick. Time's up. What's it going to be, Merv? <laughs> Just spit in my face. Just hit me. The best line of the movie. Just bring me to my knees and just hurt me. Speaking of bringing you to your knees, oh uh, Monica goodness. Bellucci in red. Nobody can see this, unfortunately, but <laughs> bless up. Yes. Uh, every scene with the Merovingian, he steals the show. He just does. He's so good. Yeah. What What else is he in? You know what he is? He's Christoph Waltz before Spectre. Where every time Christoph Waltz was in a movie, you were like, yes, please. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, let's see. The Eyes of the Oracle. He wants the eyes of the Oracle, but I don't understand why, because the Oracle's already presented. She can't see shit. Well, he doesn't know that. He hasn't he hasn't heard the he hasn't heard the truth. 
Okay, now we kind of talked about this earlier because I had a question, which was, do the Trainman and the Merovingian know the architect? Okay. Also, yes. real quick, because this comes later on, but it's yeah. also a valid point to this conversation, is if the Oracle is just, if, if it's just full of shit and just complete bullshit, then how does Smith, once he absorbs her, is able to see everything? Because it's not bullshit. Well, he only sees up to a choice he doesn't understand. And by the time he absorbs her, it's all over. There's nothing more to see at this point. <laughs> yeah, but it's still, she's like, nothing's real. Everything, this is all bullshit. You make up your own damn minds. And then Agent Smith is like, I see everything. Except up to his next choice. Well, yeah, well that's when it stops because that's when his future stops. Yeah. Or at or least for now until we find out. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, in Mobile Avenue, Neo tries to leave by running through the train tunnel. Uh, and I kind of like this, like when your mouse is wrapping the desktop screen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool way to do that. <laughs> uh, tr okay. So sometime later, Trinity arrives and frees Neo. Uh, walks in slow motion. We all get, a, oh, it's Neo. Uh, tra troubled by new visions of the machine city, Neo decides to visit the Oracle one last time before returning to the new, the real world. She informs him that as the one upon visiting the source, he developed a connection with it. The matrix and the rest of the machine world are derived from the source as well. Thus, we learn that all of Neo's abilities, both in and out of the matrix, exist because of this connection. This is how Neo was able to stop the machines giving pursuit after the Nebuchadnezzar was destroyed, although the end result of his lack of preparation was temporary confinement in Mobile Avenue. She characterizes Smith, who's growing in power, as his exact opposite and his negative. She also elaborates upon the relationship between her and the architect, tellingly each of them ejects the ex exasperated, please. I just thought of a really cool thing, and I, I'm not sure even the Wachowskis thought of this. Neo is the one. Yes. The opposite in binary is? Zero. Yeah. So he's the one. He's the true. Zero is false. One is true. Right. Something I thought I was like, oh, he's the, <laughs> he's the opposite. He's false. He's zero. And then Neo's the one, yeah. which is just one in binary. Isn't it ironic that the, that the one starts with an O? What? <laughs> Neo? <laughs> she also tells Neo cryptically that everything that is be, has a beginning has an end and warns that Smith's power threatens not only the Matrix but, Matrix, but also the Source and eventually the Machine City. The Oracle states that the war is about to end one way or another. So that was a data dump. Got it. Her purpose is to unbalance the equation. So that means she planted Smith in this. Yeah. Okay. Look, uh, if there's only, if, if, if the path to freedom and peace is one in 100 trillion, then you can that one. So here's a better question now. If she planted Smith into the matrix in order to try something different this time, because and we see at the Arctic, he goes, you tried something different, basically. You, you mm -hmm. messed with it this time. The assumption is that she planted Smith there. That means she knew that Smith was going to go as far as it was going to go, or assumed it would, hoping yeah. it would. And that means she was holding back information from the people who were asking for it, like yes. Morpheus and all them, claiming it's a prophecy, but making it basically all bullshit. They had to take the steps that were 
necessary to the end goal. She created a religion and admitted it was bullshit. (laughs) Prophecy is nothing. It's not a prophecy. She put all the shit there. Yeah. The Wachowskis (laughs) are a fan of Dune. We get it. We know. Bringing it back to Dune. Uh, So either way, (laughs) Smith will destroy the virtual world, right? Yes. Uh, He will destroy the Matrix. Yes. He will destroy the virtual world and corrupt the mainframe. Or Neo will beat Smith and save Zion. But either way, didn't the architect already say they've destroyed Zion like six or seven times? This is like playing a video game, losing or winning at it, and just resetting the controller and going, okay, let's try it again. Nothing's happened to your avatar. You're perfectly fine. All, so does this really matter in the outcome if it's just going to reset anyway? Well, I'm wondering also if this is this is trying to think like the Wachowskis and in a sense of a computer. So is each, and, and then into the title, is each uh, uh, beginning and end a revolution um, from start to finish, an upgrade process to the perfect, to the perfect uh, ecosystem? Well, they created the perfect utopia. Remember at the beginning when Smith says that, he goes, the first oh, Matrix was, the was, first perfect, was perfect, but it was boring as hell. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. It's like, shake it up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this is, they're, we're basically Sims, everybody. We're the Sims. That's what it is. We're all just machine learning programs. But it also means that the real world that they've been claiming is the real world isn't real either. Fourth wall. (laughs) It's all bullshit. (laughs) This is just a move. We're living our lives. Oh, wait, this is just a movie that somebody else is watching. What if this right here, this conversation is really a dream that someone else is having? And we're just in the corner of an insane time drooling on ourselves. Maybe that will be the synopsis of Matrix 4. <laughs> Is that this was all a movie or a video game? It was all, it was all in a snow globe. <laughs> Dude, oh, my God. After Neo takes... Dude, I'll <laughs> jump out of a fucking window. <laughs> After Neo takes Jesus. leave of the Oracle, a large group of Smith clones arrive at her home. One of them, the original Smith, finds Seraph and Sati. Smith then confronts the unresisting Oracle and assimilates her, and having gained her powers of precognition, the new Smith cackles maniacally at the future he is seeing. I love the writers had the guts to kill Sati. Normally, Hollywood would pull its punches here. <laughs> I was like, yeah! Yeah, oh, that was like um, the first Hunger Games movie. There's that little girl that got speared. Yes. In the book. I was like, yeah. oh my God, I didn't see that coming. Right. Rue. Yeah, that's right. Rue. Yeah. Uh, when Smith throws the play at the wall, we get unhinged Smith, which is a great villain. Okay. So he can see what the Oracle can see. Oracle can see. And the Oracle explained that she can't see beyond choices. Then what exactly can he see? <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. We're, we're going to get to the end of this movie. We are. In the real world, the remaining crew of the Nebuchadnezzar and the Mjolnir, referred to by the characters as the Hammer, I don't know why we're calling it the Mjolnir then, encounter Niobe's deactivated ship. Thor's Hammer. The Logos and its crew. They successfully reactivate the ship and begin to interrogate the now-awakened Bane, who claims he has no memory of the events of the earlier battle. Ian Bliss does a spot-on impersonation of Hugo Weaving. So much so as a kid, when I was in this theater, I honestly thought it was the same actor. I, it's hard not to think it. Maybe they put makeup on him or something, but... The cast, like, whoever cast him, holy shit. It's that amazing. Was, uh, incro- yeah. 
I don't, has he done anything since? I really don't know. Stunt double for Hugo Weaving? I don't know. So a program can possess a human in the real world. I get that. Okay. There are clearly no rules here. Yeah. There is well, no spoon. But that makes sense because you're you're jacked in, you're plugged in, you've created the connection from your brain to the computer, and then a rogue computer goes in through the socket. It's just an injection. Yeah. I get that. Okay. If Bane is weird, just lock him up. Yeah. <laughs> Throw him in the hold. Like, I mean, it's not this guy had a whole bunch of guys vouching for him. Roy Jones Jr. wanted to beat his ass in the last movie. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Bane, or I'll shut you up. <laughs> Meanwhile, Commander Locke makes a plea to the Council for defending Zion against the machines. He asks for half the infantry, infantry, but the Council cares more about hoping rather than the reality in front of them. Elsewhere, Link's Lady Z is getting ready to fight rather than flee. Chara tries to talk her out of staying, but she explains that it's her only chance at seeing Link again. We also get a shot of the kid trying to load ammunitions for Captain Mifun. Uh, once again, Captain or Commander Locke is the most rational person in the room. Yes. Yep, uh, a freaking politicians. And the kid doesn't pass for 18. He looks 21. <laughs> uh, you know. I'd, I would pick for 16. Really? Yeah, it's, it's you know, casting's a little weird. You know, you get high schoolers movies that are clearly like in their 20s. So. How about this? If you were to recast this movie today, that role is played by Timothy Chalamet. No. Because he could pass for 16. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Ah. <laughs> Dude, I didn't realize he is fucking skinny. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a little... just skin and bones. Yes. Exactly. And the meek shall, shall inherit the desert. You, oh, put on a little muscle. I did? No. no. After contemplating his visions, Neo announces that he needs a ship to travel to the machine city, although he cannot explain why. Great. Roland, the Mjolnir's captain, refuses him, but Niobe, who was told by the Oracle in Enter the Matrix that she would have to make a choice to help Neo or not, but you don't know that because you didn't watch it, lets him take the logos over Roland's protests. The two remaining crews plan to return to Zion and avoid the Sentinel army by allowing Niobe to pilot the hammer through a series of service tunnels, which are nearly impossible to navigate. Here, I want to go into an experience with you. Ooh. So we, go, we, walk into, we walk into a restaurant. We are. And I, we sit down at the table. Yes. And you look a little worried and you really don't know what to do. Don't know what I want. You don't know what you want. And I tell you exactly what you need to hear. Order pancakes? No, you're going to make a choice. Oh. That, that's, that's the, that's the this suggestion? Is, this, is, this is the same fucking thing. <laughs> Hi, I, the world's about to end. I don't know what to do. You're going to make a choice. Ten minutes later. Inconceivable! I really don't know if you know what that word means. Um, then, the, then she looks at Morpheus and is like, I went to the Oracle and she told me exactly what I needed to hear. What? <laughs> that you needed to make a choice? Yeah, no shit. You she knew that before you fucking thing. walked into that room. I feel like this is an SNL sketch that should have happened. Like, oh yeah, that would have been great. Like two guys sitting there going, okay, so what'd she tell you? Well, she told me that I had to make a choice. Wait, what? The same she shit she told me. me. What the? She another, offered you a cookie? Another person yeah, comes out. of course out. she did. She, she was like, you know, will you take a cookie or not? I was like, well, I don't know. This bitch is insane. She sees everything. <laughs> another person comes out of the room and they both look at her and go, what? You have to make a choice? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's hurting. 
Okay. However, if you didn't see Enter the Matrix, it just looks like she believes in Neo, which actually feels more in line with this movie rather than another person just listening to the Oracle. Enter the Matrix? I thought that was a video game. It was. Oh, okay. So you're referencing the video. Yeah. Enter the... Okay. Okay. So let me get straight. So there was an Animatrix. That was a tie-in. Yes. It was an anthology. Yes. And then there was the video game that they also wanted to be canonized with the movies too that came out. Enter the Matrix. that was with Niobe and the Asian guy that I do not know. Seraph? Seraph is the bad guy in the first one. Mifun? Horrible names. I don't know. It's like, it's, yeah. yeah. Part uh, one of one of her crewmates. Okay. Yeah. I don't no. know. Not, not important enough to get a credit. Okay. Trinity decides to accompany Neo despite Neo insisting she doesn't accompany him. <laughs> Neo and Trinity say their goodbyes to the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar before leaving. And I do like the Neo Morpheus goodbye. It's the last time they're going to see each other. We know mm-hmm. that. And it kind of reminds me. It's not nearly on the level of, let's not get that confused, but it reminds me of the last time Anakin and Obi-Wan see each other. And Anakin has the high ground as Obi-Wan is walking away. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, oh, I know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Uh, shortly after departure, the Mjolnir's crew discover that Bane has murdered a crew member and is hidden aboard the Logos. However, they are unable to double back in order to warn Trinity and Neo. Nobody did a crew check? Jesus, it's like Home Alone. Kevin! <laughs> I'm really trying not to laugh right now. <laughs> Just like <laughs> Bane. <laughs> All this proves everybody is that you can fly these things with one less person than they have on the crew anyway. Oh, and you'll never know. You'll never know. Oh my god. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, no flight check, no nothing. Everybody good? No, nothing, anything. No. Okay, all right. Let's just go. We don't have time, Sam. No. We only got 20 time. hours. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Before the logo... Now, there's four storylines that all get interwoven with each other here. So we're going to handle one at a time here. Before the logos can depart, Smain, Bane Smith, <laughs> ambushes Trinity and takes her hostage. Neil fights Smain, who reveals himself as a manifestation of Smith. During if the you, str- If you know... <laughs> if you are a kung fu jujitsu master... Go for it. I, I was going to make this point earlier, but you go for it. And... <sighs> How the fuck you not know combat in the real world when you know it in the Matrix if you're plugged in, it's muscle memoried into your fucking brain. You're telling well, wait, you're telling me Trinity isn't as flexible in the real world as she is in the computer world? I mean She can't do one of those fucking like kicks like over her shoulder? Apparently. And you can break the physics because it's a computer, I get it, but you don't know any fighting? Maybe it's like this. When I play Madden, my running back is a badass. But if I play the NFL game, I'm going to die. I'm three foot two. It's not going to happen. But you would when in he doesn't he he doesn't have the athletic forms. But it's in his brain. It is. But and you're a young you, you can. But you can have okay. So you're a young buck. A, you don't know this yet. But my brain thinks I'm 21. I did a cartwheel this week in school, and you know what happened? Brave. Brave. Yeah, yeah, I was brave. My brain said, do "Dude, you're 21," and my shoulder said, "You're 42, dick." No, and I, I totally get that. But so when you learn jujitsu or any combat in the Matrix, it's low uploaded into your brain, so you have, regardless of your physical body, and like the strength. I, I totally get the physics behind it. Like it's a computer versus the real world, quote unquote. Everything's a lie, uh, <laughs> but you still have. 
that muscle memory. Yes. Well, you have the knowledge of the moves, but he never practiced the muscle memory in the real world. But why wouldn't he have it in the real world if he has it in the the uh, the Matrix? Because he's, he's controlling a character in the Matrix that he sees as himself, so he has no rules there. But that's why a fat motherfucker could put himself in the Matrix as Arnold Schwarzenegger, if that's what he sees as his residual self. But he would still know combat. Well, that person could do the combat, but if you ask that tubby level, tubby lard to run around and do a bunch of jujitsu, it ain't going to happen. But that's, but this is, this is Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and we've also established that the real world is bullshit too. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the fact that you can see the code in the real world and the code can infect people in the real world. That's a cool idea. Uh, How does that work? I don't know. How does Trinity look? Is she green? Is she purple? Fiery? She looks fantastic to me. Yeah, she does. And, uh, well, great. Just another cis white male savior. (laughs) Just another (laughs) cis white male messiah to save everyone. Great. Here we go again. Niobe with Morpheus as her co-pilot flies the Mjolnir through the low. You know what? I never finished reading that whole thing. Basically, Smain appears with the upper hand. He closes on Neo. Neo beats his ass on the ground. Then he gets, like, smashed with electricity in his face. He loses his eyesight. He looks like a Mortal Kombat character with the blindfold on. Uh, And Neo finishes the fight by smashing Smain's head with a jack handle and releases Trinity, who pilots them toward the Machine City. Now we get to the next chunk here. Niobe, with Morpheus as her co-pilot, flies the hammer through the lowest tunnel system. Flying slowly, (laughs) because they were in such a hurry to leave... Well, let's drive really slow. Flying slowly and at low power to avoid detection, they make their way to Zion. One of the craft's hover pads collides with the debris. The bang is heard by the Sentinels, who immediately pursue the craft. The crew makes a valiant effort to fight them off. However, they overwhelm the ship and begin to damage it with cutting lasers. A small group of Sentinels also rips off the craft's communications antenna, making it impossible for them to signal Zion they are coming. Now, in the first movie, they had trouble with just one Sentinel getting into that goddamn ship at the end, remember? This is like 20. Mm-hmm. Sure does take a long time. They're going slow. <laughs> the ship is. Are the Sentinels just playing down to their competition at this point? <laughs> it's intense. Niobe's saying, she, shit, she's got a fat ass. <laughs> she can drive the shit out of that shit. It makes me smile every time I oh, hear it's it. Hilarious. I love it when the, that, uh, uh, the white captain, um, the white dude, is in the gunner scene. He goes... Holy shit, I didn't know this ship could do that. <laughs> I mean, it's it, here's the thing. I believe Jada Pinkett Smith as Niobe could fly this better than anybody oh, else. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, she she sells it. kills it. But when she says that line, shit, she's got a fat ass, it reminds me of every time I've driven my parents' SUV. Because oh, I've yeah. driven Corollas like my whole life. Boat. Good Lord, it's got a fat ass. <laughs> it's like, there's always so much junk in the trunk. What the heck? Just all this... <laughs> wagon I'm dragging. <laughs> in Zion, the defenders deploy infantry armed with rocket launchers and armored personnel units in order to protect the dock from assault. Okay, so this is this is number three. Yes. Yes, okay, so we're on number three storyline. Yes, we are. Okay. Uh, the dock is breached by two giant drilling machines, 
diggers and a huge swarm of sentinels igniting the Battle of Zion. Despite a desperate effort, the APUs fail in holding the dock and many are destroyed. In other areas of the dock, Link's wife Z and her partner Chara use a rocket launcher to fight the sentinels and diggers. Chara manages to blow the leg off a digger. However, it uses another of its legs to stabilize itself. She also She's also able to disable another digger for a short time. It is soon reactivated by more sentinels that recharge the massive machine. Z is able to escape the sentinels. However, Chara is killed by them. This is one of your favorite scenes. Well, it's part oh, of one, it's part of one of your favorite scenes. Yes. Yeah, I get goosebumps every time. We get the shot of the Sentinels. I think the shot of the Sentinels entering Zion is beautiful. Oh, it's it's so like, it's almost gross. It looks good by today's CGI standards. It really does. Yeah, and and now Warner Brothers presents Mech Warrior. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> Give me a Mech Warrior. Yeah, movie. Gundam. Uh, by don't, the t- don't you tease me like that. <laughs> By the time the Sentinels gather to take down the main station, the number of Sentinels already is too many for them to counter. This was too much CGI and way too fast. It, they should have done a dripping of the Sentinels in because the amount that are in there after just like five seconds of watching, you're like, it's over. Oh, yeah. It, you, this, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're in the hornet's nest and you're the size of a, of a hornet. Yeah, it's over. You're done. It was too much CGI too fast. It looked beautiful. It did. It looked really, really pretty, but it was a little much. Well, I, in in defense, if you're trying to wipe out the city of Zion, you're going to just go in full yeah. force. Yes. Yeah. And it's not even full force yet. No, that's like the first this is wave. The wave. Yeah. <laughs> These are the pawns in the attack. Yeah. The bishop and the rook ain't shown up yet. Uh, we get the scene with Z and Chara trying to avoid the Sentinels, and they reminds me of Anakin and Padme in the uh, droid factory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we lose we lose Chara. Poor Chara. Poor we Chara. Knew ya. Uh, and then she comes back as Hammerhead in Doom Patrol. She does? No, she just, oh. just, she just looks like her. During it the- could be. I don't know. It's, I don't know. Just a angry chick with a bald head. What if Chara was actually Switch? And she didn't actually die well, in the Matrix. Did. I know. I, as soon as I put that, that down, would, I was like, oh, been there's so a part cool. B to that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> no, brain dead. And this is where uh, Sam lives in glee. During the battle, Captain Mifun fails to open the gate for the approaching Mjolnir and is attacked and viciously wounded by a swarm of sentinels. Okay, to, ah! okay, to clear this up, I'm not rooting. Like, I don't like seeing him get just <laughs> oh, mauled I by do. machine. I love this scene. It's, it's the well, makeup no, you make job it, looks no, so you, gnarly. You, okay, you make it you make it sound like the part that I like about it best is him getting torn to shreds. <laughs> That's not like I want to clarify that I am a psycho. I'm not that much of a psycho. It's it's the See shot. A Serbian film. It's uh, <laughs> honestly I have I forgot about that movie the other and, and I and I was watching something and I was like, oh, it'd be really bad if they did. The, oh, that's the Serbian film. <laughs> uh no the shot when it when in uh the the ammunition block is jammed and he finally gets it and the machine like it's the shot from behind where the, the machine like the swarm is building oh yeah coming down straight towards him mm-hmm. that's such a killer shot it's really cool because you see it closer and closer and he's firing away Man. but then when they engulf him uh how did they miss the kid sitting on the back of Mafoon's fucking mech? Because with that kind of it that kind of speed and trajectory, he's it's like 
I'm, I'm, pointing, right, I'm, the, I'm using no, my laptop that drag, nobody can see. There's as a an wind. Example. There's a wind drag to think about, and that he's and probably he's hiding in the drag, in that right? Pocket. But they're also running. They're they're going through it, and then they're like whipping their tentacles around. You can't see me. I look like an idiot He's waving my arms around. Uh, but <laughs> I see it. I yeah. And I'm just wondering how did they hit every part of that mech except for the kid? I don't know. It's not far fetched. So that's that's the one thing I think I want to throw. It's not far fetched that he didn't get wounded. Okay. Listen, I think, I, I think I, he should. I mean, there's it's a lot going on. He just it could have just been that that little pocket that they just couldn't get to, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But at the same time, their focus was on the guy at the gunner seat. Unless that kid is one point two. Well, that kid could be just as we talked about. He could be the older version of the spoon kid. Him saying there is no spoon, he knows there are no sentinels. No, that dude's a bitch. <laughs> spoon man, spoon kid ain't no bitch. That that dude's a bitch. I mean, think, think about this. The spoon man was there <laughs> to basically be a possible one. And when they find out he's not the one, he's probably like, well, shit, what do I got to do now? Oh, the Oracle kicked him on the streets. Lives a Get life of just anger and pissed offness. Turns into Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, Darth Vader. Oh yeah. Maybe the kid is Agent Smith. <laughs> I'd be angry if I was trained my whole life to bend spoons and be the one, and I wasn't the one. With his last breath, he tells Kid, that's his name, by the way, Kid, uh, to open the gate for the Mjolnir. Kid is reluctant at first, saying he did not complete the combat training needed to open a fucking door. Only no, to operate, to, the, to, to operate the mech, <laughs> to shoot the lock on the door. <laughs> Only from a phone to sell him. Sorry, the counter. Neither did I. The kid suddenly finds the courage to find, fight through a cloud of sentinels to the gate and open it. Yeah, you know that dude was lying, yep. by the way. Just as the remaining humans are about to be overwhelmed, the Mjolnir bursts through the gate with further sentinels close behind. The Mjolnir's EMP is fired, which disables all electronic equipment in the area. The EMP destroys all the present sentinels, but it also disables the remainder of Zion's defenses. The humans are forced to gather what weapons they can, fall back to the temple entrance, awaiting the next sentinel swarm which will surely overwhelm them. And Commander Locke couldn't be more pissed. <laughs> I'd be pissed too, but here's the problem. Either way, you're f***ed. So what are you getting pissed off for when your defenses were already obliterated? They were going to breach anyways. Like you, Building off of your either way, they're f***ed. Put those in a column. Either way, they're f***ed. They've destroyed Zion seven f***ing times. <laughs> There are no stakes here. <laughs> yeah. My question is, what were the other six scions? Because so here's here's another one of my problems I have with the architect. Because he yeah. talks about, well, we've destroyed Zion five six times. It's like, well, that's the real world, isn't it? It's not a computer program, so you right. can't just rebuild, destroy, rebuild, destroy, rebuild, destroy, rebuild, destroy. You might be able to like push the humans farther into the core of the earth, well, farther into the surface towards the core where it's warm. Um, <laughs> but how the fuck do you destroy that city seven times? More importantly, if they're the machines and you're trying to destroy these humans, why not re-jack them in and re-slave them? Too much of a pain in the ass, I guess. <laughs> So they'll build all these farms, but now nah, we don't, we, we don't, Harold's not working today. He can't deprogram that brain. <laughs> 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 
so many, so many things. Nearing the machine city, Neo and Trinity fly over the harvesting fields where millions of humans produce energy for the city. They are attacked by the city's defense system, which hurls numerous mobile bombs and sentinels at the Logos. Dude, this scene is gnarly. Neo uses the power given by his connection to the source to destroy the incoming bombs. However, sentinels overwhelm the ship. To evade them, Trinity flies the Logos up into an electrical storm cloud. The sentinels are disabled, but this cloud also disables the ship's engines. Oops. As the ship emerges temporarily above the cloud layer, Trinity gets her only glimpse of real sunlight and blue sky for a total of two and a half seconds. The ship then stalls and plummets back into the monochromatic world we've been living in for the last three movies as it free falls directly toward the machine city. Trinity attempts to ignite the engines, but it is too late and the ship crashes into a machine tower. The impact of the collision fatally wounds Trinity. Sam cries and, and she dies in Neo's I arms. die inside <laughs> every time. This scene is so hard to watch for me every time. I'm such a bitch, dude. I cry every time. I don't even care. I cry every time. Do you realize it's been 28 minutes, though, in this movie since we've seen Neo and Trinity? Yeah. they. Um, I got to bring up this point later. This is, yeah. Uh, they start, the trilogy is like the main character is Neo. And then this one is like, well, he's got to do his journey. He's got to do his Lord of the Rings walk. And everybody else has got to do shit, too. They're one storyline out of four. Did we need the Zion scene or was just an excuse to lengthen the story? Well, looking back at it all now. Looking back on it, I don't know. I no, think, knowing that Zion is ultimately not important. Well, nothing's important. <laughs> um, Atheist. I think... <laughs> no, I bring up this point later, and like this whole bit about Zion could have been its own spinoff. It, you could have just done the journey with Neo and then make a movie about the battle of Zion, like rogue one. Yeah. Yeah. And I would happily watch that. I would too. I thought that was so cool. It's, it's kind of like the, you get a break from, you know, you watch the Skywalker saga and then you get a break from Jedi's cause it's just super Jedi heavy, which is, oh, I love every bit of that, mm. but it's cool to see something else going on in the world without a Jedi. Wrong, sir. Wrong. <laughs> I hate rogue one. <laughs> Oh, I thought you liked it. I can't stand it. Oh, no, I can't stand it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because um, there was no Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> what about Mandalorian season one? I mean, I don't, I don't I thought, I think, my, I think I was Mandalorian's a, very mediocre. I wasn't a fan of Mandalorian season one. I wasn't. I was we, like, we haven't had us talk in a while. We have not. Mando season one, I was like, I don't like this show. I don't <laughs> like where it's going. This thing is ripped out. This is taking the nerve system out of Star Wars and said, let's make a movie just out of the nerve system. And oh, it's Firefly meets Star Wars. Yeah, but Firefly was better. 100%. Yeah, but season two, I was like, oh, they found their way. Yes. Yeah, we need to discuss all this shit. Yeah, we need to go. We need to revisit. Um, <laughs> maybe. Okay, so. Okay, so <laughs> let, I'm going to go back into that to where this could have been its own series. Like, you could make a Matrix series with the main characters of Citizens of Zion. Like, you could do a natural yes. born, like a, somebody who's born inside and is just one of the crew. Met, like, you, you follow the crew around in a ship. Right. I'd watch that. So, did you need the Battle of Zion? It's, it's Hollywood. I think, I, here's the thing. I think if you separate it the way you're saying it, it would work better because you have less worry about continuity. Yeah. Cause you can focus on just, your, your key players. Yes. But they were just like, let's make it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, yeah, this is one of my critiques. They got way too big for the britches. Mm -hmm. uh, now they got no dick and they got plenty of room now. 
I do like the shot of the sky above the clouds. It looks very pretty. Yeah, I, the seeing the surface because you saw the surface in the Animatrix. Okay, but you didn't see it in the movie. And seeing yeah. those just the giant, just beetle look. Oh yeah, machine like carry like probably bombers. <laughs> I think that'd be the equivalent. I remember seeing those in the trailer and I was like, what the fuck are those? Yeah, I was like, is that a wall? <laughs> and then they open up and have like giant fucking guns. Yes. Oh, yeah. Whoever, whoever designed that, bravo. But this goes back to a conversation I had with you on the phone, which was Neo using the force is great. And it makes me wish he was in Star Wars movies as a rogue Jedi. Oh yeah, we've had this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Keanu Reeves, it- he's been a Jedi for years. What twenty years? Yeah, but Just, yeah, but he's not in a Star Wars. Give him a lightsaber. He's already. a Jedi, one hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Oh my God! They killed Trinity. You bastard. Well, she's not dead. Well, we don't know if she's not dead. I was it not gonna be. lie. It I was waiting be. for him to take his physical hand and shove it into yeah. her chest and he pulls that fucking, out. Yeah, he just fucking <laughs> shoves his fist up her ass and just pulls out the wire and just heals her. Trinity, hold on. I'm gonna ventriloquist you right now. <laughs> Work you like a puppet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. Neo emerges into the machine city to strike a bargain with machines personified by the deus ex machina. Get it? The Neo warns the machines that Smith, who has now been assimilated every human and program within the Matrix, is beyond the machine's control and will soon assault the source to which the Matrix is connected. He offers to help stop Smith in exchange for a ceasefire with Zion. The second wave of Sentinels and Zion instantly responds by standing down at the temple entrance. Neo openly confronts the Deus Ex Machina, a massive droid with a human's child's face that acts as the interface to the source. Neo negotiates with it, saying that in exchange for a peaceful coexistence, he'll destroy Smith and his clones, which have infected most of the machine city. The Deus insists that they don't need Neo's assistance, to which Neo says, if that's true, then you should kill me now. The Deus agrees, providing a connection for Neo to enter the Matrix and confront Smith. The Deus suggests that Neo might fail. Neo says he won't. One, one quick critique. I'm listening. Visually. Yes. I love this scene. Visually, I love the presentation of the Deus Ex Machina. Yes. I think fantastic. Super cool. But. But. (laughs) Machines are throwing tantrums now. Thank you. (laughs) And if the machines hate humans as much as they do. Why does it take a human form and have emotion? Like it's so, it's cool. They hate humans so much, but they're mimicking everything about them. On storyboard looks cool. Yes. But you can't have a, a baby throwing a tantrum as the spiky, spiky ball floating. Yeah. Robot demon boss. Like I picture the machine city and my thought process when I was seeing the machine city was, okay, we're going to see a place where every machine has a very specific function and it's going to be probably very simplified because machines in themselves, their function is simple. Yeah. It's almost like a beehive. But then you have him walking through there and you see little bug machines crawling all over the place. Like, like, what the fuck are they for? Is this just to like imitate what the environment is if machines were in the jungle? Uh, Yes. I think they just expanded. Um... See, that's the problem because you have uh, evolution, but you have the problem with, well, the machines are going to evolve into a more um, 
optimized, yeah, streamlined, streamlined path right. instead of a little ladybug that has no purpose. Right. Like, well, maybe they do. Maybe those little bug things have like, okay, so let's, let's say the deus ex machina is made. The face is made up of a bunch of bugs pretty much. Yeah. Um, maybe these little bugs, the little robot bugs are repairmen for like really tiny repairs, but well, I, I always thought, I get, of, yeah, I always thought of creation as creation is start with the largest and then figure out what it needs to survive and create that next. And you know, that's how you get a food change. That's how, I mean, you start with, let's just say Titans. Okay. Yeah. They make a Titan on the earth. Okay. What does he need to survive? Well, he's going to need food. Okay. Plant life. How does that plant life get around? Oh, well, probably needs fertilizer. How do we get fertilizer? Well, the fertilizer needs he needs to feed the plant and also come do something for the Titan also. We'll create another animal below him in the food chain. Mm-hmm. And so so on and so forth. But with machines, all they need is another line of code. They don't need a little bug creature crawling on a tube to fix the problem. They can fix that problem. <laughs> Otherwise, just get a goddamn human engineer to help you. (laughs) We'd rather die. You've already enslaved them. They already fear you. It's over. You've won. (laughs) They're hiding at the core. Yeah. Animatrix made a lot of sense until this movie. (laughs) Uh, By the way, have you you watched Animatrix? Yes. Okay. What yeah. what do you think? I've, obviously, it was so long ago. It sits okay. on my shelf. It's like the one I never get to. Okay. Yeah, I I wrote in here. I no longer get this movie. Yeah, it's yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I said, just give me a big battle and the hero wins, please. <laughs> it's okay. The Wachowskis didn't know who they were either back then. Hey, the city is now wholly populated by tens of thousands of Smith copies. The clone with the Oracle's power steps forth, claiming he has already foreseen his own victory. Smith's clones stand by and watch while Neo and Smith square off, fighting on the streets through through buildings and into the sky. They continually repel each other. While battling in the sky, Smith grabs Neo and plunges to the ground with him, creating a massive crater. The two continue to battle in the crater, seemingly to a standstill. Neo is eventually outmatched by Smith, who pauses to gloat that he has, quote, seen this, the details of the victory before. Describing the details aloud, he cannot remember when he was supposed to say next in his vision. Neo refuses to give up the fight, and a frustrated Smith continues his attack until Neo is too badly hurt to go on. To both Smith and Neo's surprise, Smith announces, everything that has a beginning has an end. However, the Oracle's parting advice again allows Neo to understand that Smith's assimilation is not total, and baits the scared Smith into assimilating him. Neo's final words to Smith are, it was inevitable. Quoting Thanos, I'm sorry, quoting Smith's off-spoken admonition. (laughs) Uh, this fight, in my opinion, is the worst-looking fight in the entire series, and that's saying something for that uh, that park <laughs> that park scene. That looks better than this. They they I don't know why they went full superhero. The, it, it wasn't I, ready to go sky flight. Like once again, I feel like it looks good on a storyboard. Mm-hmm. Probably looks great on a storyboard. Totally agree, but yeah, not it's, here. It's, I love I love Smith's dialogue in this. Yeah, it's really cool. I like seeing all the Smiths. I love seeing the Matrix. You know, I I guess when, you know, it's going to shit, it storms and rains. It doesn't, like, fall apart. Like, there were points where I was like, have the Wachowskis done music videos in the 90s also? Yes. Because I'm like, there's a lightning bolt scene, and you're like, okay, that's straight out of the crow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, I have more imagined the fall of the Matrix to look like when Free Guy is 
being unplugged. You're you're laughing, but I'm serious. Like like blocks are falling out. Yes. The the world that was built is falling into oblivion. Yeah. Instead of a thunderstorm and raining. Ultimately a better movie anyway, though. It is. Miles. <laughs> Miles apart. Uh, Smith's assimilation of Neo is seemingly successful, and when the Oracle Smith asks Neo Smith whether it is over, he receives a nod and smile as reply. Back in the Machine City, Neo's body spasms as a surge of energy enters his body through the Matrix connection. Neo is returning to the source, and starting with the Neo copy of Smith, a white light begins to rip rip the clones apart from the inside out. One by one, similar to the destruction of Agent Smith at the end of the Matrix, the copies are destroyed. If I may, if you insert more electricity into technology, what happens? happens to that technology gets fried okay <laughs> i hate hive mind I, th- I think it is yeah it's tough um it, it, it's, it's hard to do yeah you know you kill the one and kills everybody uh you know i think it was a cool representation of you know suckering the worm into eating a trojan horse which was neo in the Trojan hiding yeah. what, you know, looked like energy. It was really just a kill command. True. But <laughs> like everything else, One. but like everything <laughs> fucking else in this movie. It's- well, this is where it gets so confused because you have to remember it, the, the Smith that we saw, it assimilated Sati. Uh-huh. Then it used that information to assimilate mm-hmm. Oracle. And now it's Sati Oracle assimilating Neo. Now you've got Neo Smith, Smith, Oracle Sati. There wasn't a simpler way to do this shit. <laughs> no. With the elimination of the Smiths, all the programs and humans that were possessed returned to normal, including the Oracle. The Sentinels that were about How? to tech. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How is Sati still around? Uh, the Sentinels that were about to attack the humans withdraw from Zion. Neo having second. And where are they going to go? <laughs> Neo having Dude, we'll, we'll get there. I'm, 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 I'm like holding in a, a sentence right now, just waiting for you to get to the end. Neo having sacrificed himself to save both the machines and humans is unplugged from the matrix and his body is respectively, respe- respectfully carried away by the machines, carried away with arms outstretched. I've seen this before, Sam. Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire. Oh, and that Christ guy. It's the sis... <laughs> White male <laughs> messiah saving everybody again. Straight. He was straight too. Don't forget straight. that. The architect upon meeting the Oracle tells her that she quote, played a very dangerous game by attempting to change the way the matrix functioned. The Oracle responds by saying that she understood the risk and knew it was worth taking. She asked the architect, what will become of the, any humans who want to be unplugged from the matrix? And the architect replies that they will be freed. The Oracle asks the architect, do I have your word? And the architect answers, what do you think I am? Human? That's cute. The, so the, the thing How, the Oracle added dude, was Smith. This ending. And, and I thought Sati was dead. Worst, worst endings ever? <laughs> yes. Like yes. Top five worst, worst way to end any fucking movie? Without a doubt. <laughs> I, I can't think of a worse ending. Uh. Sati apparently has a purpose, after all, so her parents were wrong about that. They're dead, <laughs> but she's not. Uh, the machines are not, like, the progr- The architect is just a program. It's not yes. a machine. So he has no fucking say. The robots are just going to give the humans up and let them go freely. So There's we still meat batteries. Well, hold on here. Were we looking at the real world at the end or the Matrix? 
the Matrix. I thought that was the real world we were looking at. No. The real world's fucked. Okay, so that's the Matrix we're looking at. That's the Matrix. Okay, so the Matrix looks like sunny and all that, which is what the machines it was, have it look like anyway. Essentially, it was a reboot. It deleted yeah. everything and then came back and restarted. Which is what they were planning on doing anyway. Which is in the title, Revolution. But at the same time... Was well, it a revolution against machines? Because that doesn't make sense because the humans didn't win. The machines won. Well, did the humans win? Because technically, they found a way to coexist, right? Technically, by the end? No, the machines aren't going to fucking give that. No, 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 no. Who won? When, 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 the machines. Did they? Because, yes, the no, Matrix. because Neo no, destroyed because the Smith. Smith who Smith was going to take over and infect the machines and destroy the entire world. So Neo saved the machines. Yes, he didn't save the humans. He but, didn't save anybody. Which goes to my idea, which is that, so that means machines and humans are going to learn how to live together because in the second movie, that was the big conversation he had with the politician who was up late at night was, we need each other. It's not about eradicating one over the other. No, if, 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 if the animatrix is canon, that'll never happen. Okay. Resurrection. You better pay attention. It'll never, humans and machines can't coexist. The machines hate humans. Well, it's because we enslaved them for so long. Yeah. Well, the enslavers became these enslavees. Yeah. There'll be critical machine theory later on. Uh, and that's all folks. Jesus Christ. (laughs) According to the top critics of Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter reading of 22%. (laughs) 11 fresh reviews and 39 rotten. The critics on average gave this film a 4.8 out of 10, and the critics' consensus says, a disappointing conclusion to the Matrix trilogy as characters and ideas take a backseat to the special effects. I agree. I agree. (laughs) But let's take a look to see what those critics said about this one from the rotten side and see if they have a point. So we got John Anderson from Newsday who says, quote, confronting Matrix revolutions, you need your own veil of unreality just to wade through the misappropriated metaphors. (laughs) Stephen Witte from the Newark Star-Ledger said, what is the Matrix? The first film asked. This film answers that. The Matrix is the marketing software that encourages movies like this to be made and it must be disabled. Then we got Nell Minow from Movie Mom, who says, quote, please, someone get me the blue pill. I want to forget that this ambitious oh, and noteworthy series is ending so Jesus. weekly. Yeah, I, I remember, God, I remember when we did the first Matrix and we read the critics and we were, dude, we were fucking trashing them. Oh, like, so, yeah. You have no taste. Like, you you have, you get your fucking head out of your ass. And now we're reading this like, yeah, dude. Yep, spot on. Yeah, spot on. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Mark Ronner from the Seattle Times says, quote, the laws of physics don't apply within the matrix, but the law of diminishing returns does. <laughs> I spoke too soon. And finally, he said it the best. Yeah, and oh finally, Chris Rock Wagner of Dallas Morning News said, quote, with the matrix revolutions, the Wachowski brothers have managed to pull off something nearly impossible. They've made a movie about the end of the world that leaves us entirely indifferent to the outcome. <laughs> These are by far my favorite ones we've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the audience score, though, uh, is a 3.5 out of 5 with 60% agreeing it's a 3 or higher. The movie's over. Were you entertained? Because I feel dirty. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> okay, let me, let me just... Uh, this should have been called The Matrix Overclocked. Because <laughs> it's so entertaining. It's... There's... The, it's so much going on yes it's like a baby with keys jiggling like the promise is there but it's just some keys it's just painful it's just it's entertaining but fuck (laughs) wow way to 
you, some people say like, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, but fuck, this should have just been a sprint. This, this, could, could we put this on par with the Friday the 13th series where the first movie is amazing, but then the rest are just shit or Nightmare on Elm Street for that matter, where the first one's great, but the rest is just like, oh my God, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah, they just completely lost their way. This was Freddy Krueger and New Nightmare. This was, you struck gold. Yeah. And then you 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 mined far enough to find fool's gold. And you mined fucked it. Well, let's see if the awards got it right. At the Academy Awards, it got zero nominations. No shit. And at the Golden Globes, also zero nominations. Now at the Saturn Awards... It was nominated for Best Costume, but it lost to Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. What costumes? Some raggedy-ass shirts and pants? <laughs> and some scantily black leather? It's been a long time since we've seen... Uh, well, there's less leather in this one, I think, than any of the other movies. In this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Far none. The only person wearing it was that's Trinity in the... Yeah. That's where they fucked up. Oh, wait. No, they had to have made up for it with the Merovingian scene. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, <laughs> they, that's where they, they put all the leather in that scene. <laughs> Leather nipple clamps. Mm-hmm. Uh, best science fiction film that year did not go to Matrix Revolutions. It went to X2, X-Men United, which I've always claimed is the best of that series of X-Men movies. Uh, best special effects went to The Lord of the Rings Return of the King, not Matrix Revolutions. I would say so. And uh, that's it for the Saturn Awards. Now, MTV didn't give a shit. They're like, we're not touching this shit. Uh, but the Razzie Awards did. See, the Razzie Awards, because both they, movies came out at the same care. time. They care. They came out the same time. The Razzie Awards, it was nominated for Best Director, or Worst Director, I'm sorry, but it went to Jiggly's Martin Brigley, or Breast, Martin Breast. <laughs> Jiggly? Is it Giggly or Jiggly? Jiggly. Pronounced Jiggly. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, Lo- Jennifer uh, Lopez and Ben Affleck, when they were Benifer. A taco flavor. Uh, and then, I didn't know this, there's a award show called the Stinker's Bad Movie Awards. And this was, this got two nominations. The first was Worst Screenplay for a Film Grossing More Than $100 Million Using Hollywood Math. And that went to The Cat in the Hat over The Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions. The Cat in the Hat one. Which Are you I, still doing the Stinker's Bad Movie Awards? I hope so. I want that televised. Uh, and then Worst Sequel it was up for, but that went to Bad, Bad Boys, Boys 2. Bad Boys 2, that movie rips, dude. I love Bad Boys 2. That movie rips. I disagree with the stinkers. Yes, I absolutely <laughs> do. You you could have given it to full throttle. Are you fucking kidding me? Bad Boys 2, if it's bad, there is a scene that redeems that movie, and it's Martin Lawrence when he's high as a kite walking through the, the uh, his boss's house. That's a nice fish. <laughs> I can't believe anybody said that about Bad Boys 2. Well, now we get to say some things about this movie. On to our next segment titled Top 3, Bottom 3. This is where we talk about the three things we want to highlight in this movie, and then we go over the three things that are bad, unforgivable, or downright travesties. But let's start with the top three, and I will start. My number three is Bane as Smith. Great idea. Made no sense. Uh, My number two, the CGI battle at the end is really pretty. I like the visual of the Sentinels entering Zion and the APUs firing at them. It just looks cool. And my number one, when the Sentinels attack Zion, is it bad that I'm rooting on the machines? (laughs) Just get rid of them all. (laughs) Just start over. Start from scratch. Start over. Okay, Sam, what are your top three? Oh, that spicy nipple crank. (laughs) 
God, it's it's fantastic. There we are. <laughs> it's it's a full almost a full 360. It's yeah. impressive. The form, it's excellent. Uh no, this expand this is the to me, it's it still feels like the Matrix. Yeah. Like it still has the vibe. And then from then on, to me, it it feels a little different. Do you think you got too stylized? They got we get too, the they got too f- far up their own ass. Yeah. Okay. Um, then my number two is I re- I do truly like that they expanded farther than just the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar. Now, that being said, in reviewing this again, I kind of wish that number two, which is, you know, expanding upon the characters, wasn't that it didn't happen, that it was just the Nebuchadnezzar from Journey from... A, B to C. Yeah. And then they made a spinoff. I hear you. This is just a thought. I, I agree with revisiting you. Revisiting this. Yeah. I like it. I think they should have just done the Nebuchadnezzar and then whatever. Uh, no, my number one is they crank this bad boy up to 11. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which I do like. Execution. Not so great. Yeah. The thing, things happened. A lot of things <laughs> happened. It was a lot of cool things that happened. A lot of things where I go, ooh, ah, whoa. Well, why don't you just make this 10 then? Because it's 11. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think of it like when, when you're like, oh, yeah, they like I, when you were saying that, I was thinking they were expanding the universe, which is something we heard in Star Wars a lot. They always want to expand the universe and get it because it's, it should just be about this one planet right here. But what they did in this series was they went from the original Star Wars to Phantom Menace to episode nine. And you're like, whoa, Hold what the, the shit happened? Out. Hold on. <laughs> Slow your roll. Slow up. Okay, time for the bottom three. Time to vent. And I'm going to start here. My number three. They deviated way too far from the original Matrix idea. It became less about waking people up and more about humanizing programs. You're, you nailed on the head, and I'm wondering how the fuck it happened. Yeah. we were, It was like overnight. We were like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Uh, number two, there are clearly no rules anymore, and that makes the stakes weak and the plot pointless. And my number one, this movie has its head so far up its own ass. So just echoing what you said earlier right there. Yeah. Uh, now we don't agree all the time, but we do. We, on we this come one. together on this one. We got this one. All right, Sam, what are your bottom three? <laughs> Uh, number three is that completely unsatisfying bitch ass epilogue. I cannot, I, it makes me mad. I, I, I almost stopped watching the matrix after made uh, Neo is carried away because I, it makes me so angry that that happened. It's pointless. It makes no sense whatsoever I don't game over man it's game over they literally like what the fuck I know I know there's no there's no words it's just it makes zero sense there seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere uh number two is it goes a little sci-fi channel Uh (laughs) uh-huh and this is this is where it's like I like that they expanded past the Nebuchadnezzar crew right but Maybe do it more elegantly next time. A little more elegantly and less <laughs> full force. Like, oh, this is some sci-fi channel shit. Yeah, yeah. This is some Mandalorian shit. It's, this is some, Hans, some this is some solo a Star Wars story yeah, shit. It's like, <laughs> uh, and then my number one, uh, and I've said this before, even in the past review, the sequels got 
too big for their own britches. They just, they, they went way too far instead of focusing on the point that they were aiming for. Yeah. Maybe should have had a fourth movie instead of a trilogy. I say that I wrote this a while ago before the trailer. <laughs> um, well, the movie comes out tonight because we're recording this earlier, but this is going to be released on December 22nd. So the movie is actually premiering tonight as you're listening to this. Okay. So yeah. when I wrote this, the, the trailer hadn't come out. Right. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I really, truly have no idea. What, like, I, I have my speculations of what the plot is because of how, and this is not to be offensive. No. How you... You went from Matrix 1 to such a simple-minded trilogy. Yes, I agree. And I don't think that the Wachowski director is going to pivot back to a more Matrixy one feel. Because to me, even in the trailer, it doesn't feel like a Matrix movie. You know what I'm thinking about right now? And Resurrections has a choice to make. Yes. It can either be Star Wars Episode 7, when that first came out, or it can be Toy Story 4. In that both of those movies are coming off of franchises that ended. Mm-hmm. They both ended. They end. Star Wars Episode 7 kind of gave you, I hate to use the term, a new hope for where it was going to go. Now, this is before we saw 8 and 9, nine. but 7 but gave us a nice little stepping stone. You dipped your toe into the pool, and we could it see, was okay. We could see a continuation that made sense. Yes, it was a good pivot point in a new direction. Toy Story 4, you were like, didn't we just watch, watch this, this in Toy Story 3? <laughs> we said goodbye to our characters in this one. Yeah. It's over. I'm really wondering, and this is like my kind of like my main plot idea. I just if, thought of something. What? In Toy Story 4, the new addition to the crew is a spork. so sporky 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 baby so i'm wondering like i mean my my initial plot idea is that neo you know we don't know why it was brought back why would the machines bring him back i don't know is this just like the mate is this is this is the next this is the architect's like loop you bring back the fucking hero but instead of you know letting the oracle like tamper with it again because we all know she's a greedy bitch with the candy. She, <laughs> they bring back Neo. They keep him drugged up. Yeah. Why bring him back if you're so worried about it? Or maybe Neo was in a coma. He didn't actually die. And he loved Trinity so much that he helped create or is a part of the new Matrix. And she only exists in there because he loved her. But he forgot. I like. There's so like. I don't know where the fuck they're going. Which, that, is kind of, which is kind of cool. You know, I remember when we were talking about the first movie and we we're talking about how it was complicated, but they did a great job explaining the complication. If you just ended with that movie, you have, you have a something legendary. A point A to point B. Don't need anything else. Yeah. But they stepped on themselves so much that if you watch Revolutions, immediately afterwards, throw in the Matrix and tell me which one you have a better time with. It's the Matrix. Every time. And the Matrix is so much simpler for so much less money. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, (laughs) 
you get you got so far up your ass. Yeah, that's the that's the problem. Uh, you struck gold. <laughs> you became an asshat. I am curious as to what kind of interference Warner Brothers had when making this because I I want to give the Wachowskis the benefit of the doubt that if they said that they wanted to do three movies out of this, um, that they had a different plan for these movies and that Warner's was probably sitting there going, you got to make this bigger. You got to make this bigger. This is a, this is the end of a, something. Look, Lord of the Rings is coming around the corner here and you know, they're gonna do something big. We got to do something big. Yeah, but I mean, I got to believe that because I joked about it earlier about how we thought about that one scene much further than the Wachowskis probably did, but you know, they put a lot of time into this. I just wonder how many script rewrites there were into this. Yeah, and what that process looked like. Did they like did they plan on filming both movies at once? Like what was that conversation? Cuz obviously business is business yeah. and let's be real, studios have a tendency to ruin movies. They do. So, it could it could be the studio, but then again, the the Wachowskis put out Reloaded and Revolutions in those coordination in those uh conversations in those um yeah agreements it reminds it, it actually it's kind of like you know you think of brian singer the director brian singer mm-hmm. you know brian singer's first film was the usual suspects it's a, it's a high mark to start with it's a you know real high mark. and then everything he put out after that i mean he did the x-men movies x1 and 2 he didn't do three three was brian uh brett ratner yeah, which is why everybody hates it, because it's Ratner, and he's the guy from Rush Hour. So they're like, oh, well, it must suck then, because it's Ratner. Uh, but that has nothing to do with it. The But when you look at Brian Singer's oeuvre, it's really just usual suspects, X2 and X1, and then nothing. And you look at the Wachowskis, and you go, well, maybe this is you know not what they normally do. They did The Matrix, and then they've made nothing but shit since then. Yeah, and I, and I wonder... Did you just get lucky the first time? I'm thinking they, they may have gotten lucky with that one perfect script. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. One no. hit wonders sometimes no. are the best songs. That It happens. Exactly. It happens. And you you created one of the, like, with all respect, you created one of, if not one of the greatest sci-fi experiences ever. And forward thinking. I mean, think of how much further. We're still talking about it we're now. We're still, still talking relevance. about it. Yeah. Yeah. You did you you did a one in a quadrillion uh, script in a movie. I would take a masterpiece as a music song over an album of mediocrity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I give you a hand to that Wachowskis. Uh, you killed it with the first movie, and that will forever live in infamy. But just maybe put these two on the on the Best Buy bargain bid together. You know, be like, oh, and if you want to see more, here's these two. <laughs> Uh, time for the critics rating. We use an A to F scale here on the movie planet. A C is considered average. A is the highest. F is the lowest. If the movie is so bad, it receives S from all the hosts. It goes to a new category of movie, the movie planet global killer, a category of movie where you can watch it ironically and have an amazing time at how bad it is. But the question is, what do you give the matrix revolutions and the science fiction genre by today's standards? And I'm going to go first here. And I'm going to quote this movie to explain how I feel about this trilogy beyond the first movie. So I'm going to start with my, my, my line here and with the Wachowskis. Why Wachowskis? Why? Why do you do it? Why? Why get up? Why keep fighting? Do you believe you're fighting for something, for more than your survival? 
Can you tell me what it is? Do you even know? Is it freedom or truth? Perhaps peace? Could it be love? Illusions, Wachowskis. Vagaries of perception. Temporary constructs of a feeble human intellect trying desperately to justify an existence that is without meaning or purpose, and all of them as artificial as the matrix itself. Although only a human mind, or in this case, a couple of human minds, could invent something as insipid as love. You must be able to see it, Wachowskis. You must know it by now. You can't win. It is pointless to keep fighting. Why, Wachowskis? Why? Why do you persist? And their response is, because uh, I choose to. Thanks I for that. smell your stink. <laughs> Look, I stand by my thoughts that The Matrix is perfect as a science fiction movie. But if this was the plan by the Wachowskis, then perhaps we should be happy that The Matrix was made four years before and with as little money as it was given. After all, when I watch this movie and the previous one, I wonder why, why did you think this was what we wanted? The writing is all over the place. The story meanders past Neo and Trinity, which it should have stayed with the whole way through. It feels like the use of CGI is an excuse to justify the budget rather than a telecohesive story. Character-wise, Neo hasn't had a character arc since the first movie. That was noticeable. The added characters feel like distractions. Agent Smith is given the short end of the stick since he is Bane for the first hour of this movie. And then there's the logic of it all. It just doesn't make any sense. This is why I feel the Wachowskis had their head too far up their asses with these two movies. This was a simple idea. Humans are plugged into a virtual living space run by machines. A small band of humans find out they are being used. One human fights back against the machines to free all of the humans. This movie should not have ended with us watching Zion celebrate, but it should have ended with the humans in their embryonic tubes and being released by the machines in terror. I'm giving this an F. It is visually appealing, but this movie lost its way in the trilogy. It wraps things up, but in a very unsatisfying way. Nobody dies. There are no stakes. In the end, free will is a joke, and the real world is just another construct. Well said. Sam, you're up. <laughs> okay, look. By the way, I was thinking of getting this to D, but I just can't. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. So, look. There's there's sci-fi, and then there's science fiction channel sci-fi. There's a huge difference. Sometimes these two mediums cross paths, and it works. Most of the time, it doesn't. This movie is the Wachowski brothers spitting in sci-fi's mouth. Oh, God. <laughs> I see a lot of similarity in a lot of sci-fi movies that are groundbreaking and then move forward when you really shouldn't have. Uh, particularly, this is particularly just the books of Dune. Oh. Where I think this is the best way to put you start with an absolutely groundbreaking masterpiece that sets the tone for science fiction to come, style, ideas. It's deep, it's condensed, it's thick with lore, and you want more. Then you go so far up your own ass, a.k.a. the rabbit hole, that you totally lose your starting point and who you are and your identity as that medium. 
I don't know if the success got to the Wachowski bros, but holy fuck, what the fuck happened? <laughs> the action gets amplified to an 11. It's almost as if Michael Bay was a part of this. And it just gets so convoluted trying to be pretty and cool in a box office smash that you, you lost your way. Okay. There's, there's a reason that Mercerism from androids do androids dreams, dream of slip of holy shit. There's a reason that Mercerism is not in Blade Runner. Yes. There is a reason for that. The book is phenomenal in that you have that understanding of Mercerism, but there's no sequel. <laughs> and the movie, which could have gone into the religion of Mercerism, the whole concept of androids and consciousness and identity, there's a reason it's not there. And it's a wise choice. It's a very wise choice. Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions was not a wise choice. Oh. <laughs> it was not even close to being a wise choice. And I don't know if it was pressure from studios and this is all they had and they wanted to expand. I don't know. I don't know their reason, but holy fucking shit. <laughs> I can't say that phrase enough today. I originally had this a D to a C, uh -huh. but I couldn't even finish it last night. Oh, I wanted to put on Doom Patrol because I needed something to laugh at and to smile at. Ooh. So I am right there with you. No way. I'm meeting you. Yes. With an F. Yes. <laughs> because this, just like this grade, this movie is so pointless. Well, it's not pointless. And I'm going to explain why, because we now because have a second 60. movie in the global killer pantheon. <laughs> it turns out, that solo a Star Wars story has a friend. Oh my god! And it's Matrix. I feel so honored. Revolutions. <laughs> oh, I feel so honored that I helped get that in there. This is this is. I did not see this coming today. Oh my gosh! This and is you fantastic. know what the fucked up part is? <laughs> You'd rather watch Solo? <laughs> no, honestly, no. I I will never watch Solo again. Yeah. I still fucking love this trilogy. You know, I was just thinking about this as you were talking. If you took, I still fucking love it. If you didn't have the first movie, and you condensed the first movie into a three paragraph essay like a Star Wars crawl, and put it in front of the second movie as the first movie, and you just had this as part one and Revolutions as part two, that improves the grade. Actually, yeah, because you have you've you've immediately taken the highest of high bars, yeah, and just removed it. But, It'd probably be a C. Right. But because you started <laughs> with the fucking Matrix. Yeah. It's it's weird to think it's, about. It's it's you you fucking you, <laughs> you, How did South Park do it? Spielberg bent George Lucas over and fucked him. Wachowski's you hate fucked Neo. Oh. You yes. you gang hang you gang hate <laughs> Neo. That's what you did. The, uh, yeah, but, uh, 
Wow. That, so our critics' hats are off. Obviously, this is not going to the sci-fi pantheon. So Lost World, you live another day. <laughs> we're going to get our critics' hats off now. Now it's just we're entertainment value. Do you love this movie, like this movie, or none of the above? And I, my friends, am a none of the above. I like to revisit the first Matrix movie, and it's the only franchise where I will watch the first, and I don't feel compelled to watch the rest. Sam? I still fucking love this movie. That's okay! <laughs> But I know what I'm getting into. Like, you got me excited when you said you wanted the trilogy because it had been a long time since I watched them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I get to revisit this. Maybe and last time I saw it was like five or six years ago. I was like, oh, maybe I'm thinking differently now. And yeah. back when we had cable television <laughs> and it, we were eating dinner and flipping through the channels to see what was on. Ma, you're in the way. <laughs> if The Matrix 1, 2, or 3 was on, we were watching it. Mm-hmm. It was almost like when Star Wars would show up and you'd be like, yeah. shit, I guess our okay, Thanksgiving's Okay, cool. This is where we're doing this. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it's, I, I could, oh my God, I've, yeah, I think I said this in the first, uh, the first podcast, uh, the first Matrix podcast. I've watched the Matrix probably more times than any other movie and it still holds up. I've watched Reloaded and Revolutions. Yeah. Not, not nearly as much, but more than five times each. I've watched scenes. And I just watched of, it last night again. I've watched scenes of Revolutions and Reloaded more than the movies themselves. Yeah, because I just don't want to watch the whole fucking thing. Like, I want to watch the stairway scene in Reloaded. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I want to watch the, see the, mechs. the Sentinels versus the Mechs. I yeah. like seeing that, but I could do without everything else. Everything else. Yeah. So, yeah, this movie Ugh. gets an F. This is. But I still choose to, like, just drip that hot wax down my back. And you know what? I'm going to do it one more time. Fantastic. Now, you may not know this. This is the final episode of season five. The final episode of the year. It's December 22nd. Go see Matrix Res Resurrections. God willing, it can resurrect this franchise. But I think I'm not holding my, I'm not holding my breath, breath by that trailer. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. But we're going to start off the new year with four shows that we pre-recorded from before, and that will be the end of the old shows. It's going to be nothing but new content after that. So the four shows that we're going to be starting off with in the new year are Dumb and Dumber, The Fly, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, and 1982's The Thing. Mm -hmm. uh, this was back when you and I were doing Terror Talk. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to end with those three, and then we're going to follow that up with 2011's The Thing. We're going to do that one right afterwards. You and I are going to do that oh, one. Yeah. Uh, was the, the Fly was our first ever podcast, yeah? I, first, me and you? Yes. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, I was thinking about that yesterday. I said, like, what was the first one? It was The Fly. Yeah, I think it was The Fly, yeah. And some other ones we got on the, on the board here, Waterworld. <laughs> Proudly nominated by myself. <laughs> Proudly. Uh, slap shots in there. The Goonies, Basic Instinct. He's going to make me watch Spirited Away. Uh, Miracle, The Good Son with mm -hmm. Macaulay Culkin and little Elijah Wood. Mm -hmm. uh, Top Gun, Saving Private Ryan. Sick. Uh, in July, we finally, a year's passed, we can do Black Widow. Because uh, make me do Black Widow. Well, I may make Steve do Black Widow. Well, actually, we haven't done a single Marvel. You and I have never done a Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, we should. We should do Shang-Chi. Okay. Or you, me, and Steve could do both of those. Cool. I could I'm get him that. to call in. And then let's see. Uh, what's today's date? October 23rd, 24th? Today's date, yes. 
Cool. So in a year we'll do Dune. <laughs> in a year we'll do Dune. Well, actually, in a year around this time. Sorry, we're doing Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's fine by me. Yeah, I already have a corset on. We got I'm ready to go. But Let's after the Black out. after Black Widow, we're gonna do the Mad Max movies. Yep. Uh, and then we do Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Little Shop of Horrors, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Tombstone, Sleepless in Seattle, Scrooged, and we end the year with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So we got a nice party range right there. And who knows, there might be some secrets in there because I know Steve, you know, he, Steve just bought a house. So he's been kind Congratulations, of- Congratulations, Steve. He's, he's been kind of working, uh, you know, tr- trying to, he's been, it's been chaotic at his place. So he's been kind of wanting to get back into things and he's always wanted to do the Indiana Jones movies. Oh, nice. And if he has the time to do it, then we'll record those also. Um, But uh, yeah, and other movies we got coming around after that, Young Frankenstein, you were talking about that. Yeah, do all the uh, the Mel Brooks All the Mel Brooks ones. We want to get to the John Wick movies. We want to get to- uh, Get on the Princess Bride yet? We have not done the Princess Bride. Oh, you got to get that in there. I know. It's inconceivable that we haven't. Uh, But uh, that's all we got time for today. Excellent. yeah, I want to thank everybody out there for following along, listening and all that stuff. We are now, this is season, this is the end of season four, actually. We start season five next. I got that wrong. Season five is next. So we've been doing this show particularly, the movie Planet for four years. We did the movie Playground for two before yeah. that. So this is six years going. Yeah. And uh, it's just kind of like, wow, this train just keeps on rolling along here. But I just want to thank everybody. We got a lot of good things coming around the pipeline here. And uh, you can email us. You know where the fuck an email is. It's Movie Planet Podcast. You know, enjoy the show. Give us give us uh, stars and shit on iTunes and Spotify because right now we're kicking ass on there. We got ourselves a five star rating right now. I think. Hell yeah. Yeah. And uh, in fact, on one of the websites I was looking at, we we're one of the top five. We're in the top five percent uh, podcasts in the world. Yeah. But you got to remember, everybody, oh, that's because oh, a lot of people start a podcast and then they do two episodes and they just leave, but those things are still on the books. So we're 5% of the people still going. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, that's 95% that probably quit. <laughs> sure. But I would, I would also like to shine, like, you, 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 you throw the we have, like, the, the, the plurality. Yeah, we uh, have. Yeah, but you put so much work into this. Oh, So I, it's, it's just like... Thank you for continuing to do the work and continuing to get this through. Um, Drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, so. <laughs> but still, this is like your baby, and you keep fucking trucking along, and it's like it's awesome to see it like going to season five next year. It's good to have people to do it with that you love. Yeah, awesome. You know, and I was so thrilled when you came back from California because I was like, yes, yeah, I can man. sink my teeth into Sam again. Hell yeah. Yeah, nipple clamps and all. Um, yeah, baby. Yeah, but this is, we're just keep on going here. Like us on Facebook and Twitter. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet Podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet Podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity created, any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They're included here for the purpose of review and no infringement is intended. Sam, any last words? (laughs) Sometimes in this little thing we call life. Yes. It's okay just to take the blue pill. Yes, it is. And Give just you. forget any of this ever happened. But just remember, when you take that blue pill, if you have an erection for longer than four hours, see a medical yeah, provider. Medication. Uh, thanks for listening, and happy movie watching. See ya. We're out. <laughs>